My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless Podcast, actually episode 136. (laughs) I'm starting to lose count of the numbers. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome to the fam. Join our online community on Instagram. We're at Legally Clueless Podcast. There's a link to the page in the show notes. I'd also love you to check out our YouTube channel. It has some dope stuff there. There is season one of our video series where you see different Africans on camera on our funky yellow set sharing their stories live live in front of the camera and it's super awesome. There's also our tour series that is up. It's a four-part series of us in Nairobi, Nakuru, Kisumu and Mombasa which are all places in Kenya. You can check that out on our YouTube. There's a link to that in the show notes and very soon possibly by the end of this week there's a very special episode coming out And that's all I can say for now. So (laughs) make sure you check out our YouTube, subscribe and share it with everybody who you think really needs to be part of this community. All right. So what's coming up in this episode? Listen to this. You know, when we met, she had uh, come to my place to ask for my ID, my national ID, so that she can go to an Okolea shop. Her own ID had a debt. I had just moved into the plot, so she was taking advantage. She was five months pregnant when I knew her. After Mm -hmm. she healed from the wounds, I told her, I really need you. I was living with my sister in Mombasa. Then I was hustling in Jokali industry because I do engineering. Per day, I could be paid maybe 300 shillings to send her money every day. If I get 300, I would send 200. Going home during Corona time, we kind of hooked up the ex now. It got too close to an extent. Now she was taking my phone, going through my records, uh, realizing that I've been sending money to a stranger every day. Mm-hmm. And then I declared, yeah, you really have to be in my life. I need to take care of the kids. But then she told me, in fact, the kid is not yours. So you know the kid is not yours. At six hours at her doorstep, she opened up. I was shocked now to find another man inside. At that moment, I was, I was crying. You know, and the man was shouting, That's a story by gift that you're going to be hearing a little later in this episode. However, I hope you are doing well and are surrounded by peace and grace. I feel like I've had one of those days that really... Didn't have enough of those two things. (laughs) I'm just kind of like struggling to power through recording this episode. So, hey, I could do with that peace and grace that I'm sending to you. (laughs) Anyway, one good thing is I'm back home from France and I've been in France for the last two weeks, I think. Well, about two weeks. And I had gone for the new Africa France Summit and something else that I can't share just yet. I was part of a panel of 11 Africans who... So first and foremost, the summit was about just trying to reconstruct France's relationship with Africa and the different countries in Africa. And so I was part of a panel of 11 that got to engage with the president of France on this topic. I also happened to be the only English speaker in that panel. (laughs) And so we had like three days of workshopping and I had like a translator there. It was my first time having to be in an environment where I'm not speaking the language and I have to have a translator And it was different. It was very, very different. But my translator, her name is Lisa, is such a superhero and she's just amazing. And I'll probably send her a link to this episode because I can't stop telling her how awesome she is. But it was very different for me, but she made it 
a very seamless <laughs> transition for me. I arrived in France on a Sunday and then on Monday my workshop started and then on Tuesday I had a meeting, well the first meeting with the president <laughs> and I was just like what is my life? Like what is my life? I was chatting my sisters I'm like guys I'm headed to the presidential <laughs> palace to have a meeting with Macron like what is this life even <laughs> anyway so during that first meeting I had a presentation to do so it was really intense for me I was just like trying to remember all my points so that I'm not constantly looking down at my notes and when we arrive at the presidential palace I'm literally seated smack opposite Macron and I'm just like oh my goodness pressure and I know at that point I mean everybody's like yeah you did great blah 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 but internally I was like I think I could hear my voice shaking a bit <laughs> which I really hate when that happens but yeah I think I could hear my voice shake a bit and I was just like damn it damn it so that first presentation went okay and then came the actual summit which was on Friday this was in a place in France called Montpellier I have completely butchered the pronunciation, but whatever, <laughs> you get me. So we were part of the concluding session. So it was a very important session. The president was there, 11 of us on stage, and I was giving a speech. I wrote this speech across two days. It was fairly easy for me to write this speech because I was just like, I'm just going to tell the truth. I'm going to talk about the effects of colonization, the effects of not hearing an acknowledgement of the very bad effects of colonization. I'm going to talk about, you know, France battling issues like racism, issues that affect human rights, yet coming to try and teach us about these things, you know? Yeah, so I talked about a lot of things that I thought were like just common sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they were just truths. I didn't think I was doing anything extraordinary or out of the usual. I genuinely... Even up to this moment, I'm just like, what's the fuss, guys? I think I just said what we're all thinking, right? Anyway, so Friday I give the speech and it went really well. I was nervous before, but in the moment my voice didn't shake. Yay. And the reaction was just so crazy. And so first, the immediate reaction I got once our session was done was from the president himself. And he was just like, did they send you to... Um, tell me these blunt truths and I was like no no one sent me I was just saying um, stating facts and I think we had like uh, a respectful moment where there was respect for him obviously and he had a respect for me and that was a really good moment for me and then when I came up the stage it was just like people throwing cards at me and just like oh my god let's connect and they're from all these different African countries and that was just so powerful there was one guy I had really wanted to meet. I've met him two times before, but hadn't gotten his email. He's a CEO of a company that I work closely with. And he was in, he was like, here's my card. Let's talk. I think we've met before. I think you've interviewed me. And I'm like yelling back at him. Yes, we have. But I didn't have your email address. I'll send you an email tomorrow. <laughs> and so it was just like such a, I was just kind of caught up in that moment and just wondering oh my god what's happening you know anyway that evening there were a few other Kenyans who were part of the summit and so what was really great about the summit sorry I didn't mention is that it was the first time that the president said he didn't want to meet heads of state he wanted to meet just everyday Africans some were youth some not youth some of us are like <laughs> three years away from not being considered youth <laughs> 
anyway, and and so that was that was really important. And you know, I I kept saying I wish we could have a situation like that, especially as Kenya going into an election year. It would be great to be able to have a conversation, especially with the aspiring candidates, just to be very clearly honest with them, not for them to debate amongst themselves, but to have everyday Kenyans asking them, okay, you want to give us a 6,000 stipend. Where is that money coming from? How did you arrive at 6,000? How is this plan going to work? Okay, you say you're going to set up a youth ministry. We already have like 11 youth bodies in the government. Tell us why you want to do this, how you're going to do this. How is it going to be um, sustainable and effective and all of those things? Like it would be nice to have such and not worry about being deported or something strange happening to you afterwards. You know what I mean? I wish we could we could have that. Maybe we can do that on our online platforms and we already do a good job of that. But it would be nice going into an election year to have such an honest space that New Africa France summit was a very honest space. I was saying the things in my speech and the president was sitting right next to me taking notes, you know, and I was saying some bitter, harsh truths. Anyway, went on a tangent there. So I get back. No, afterwards, we go for dinner with like the other Kenyans. And then we go out partying because I was just like, man, I've been in France one week <laughs> and I've not had a night out because I've been working. This has to end tonight. And so we went into this place in Montpellier called Comedy and there's like different clubs, blah, blah, blah. We were walking to one club and we met these other guys who we didn't know <laughs> who were like, where are you going? Where are you going to that club? That club stinks. Follow us. And so we followed them into this club with two floors and two different DJs. It was really awesome. Like I got back to the hotel at like 5.45-ish a.m. <laughs> and I was checking out of the hotel to check into an Airbnb. And so we do all of that math with my very good friend Roy. And we get to the Airbnb. And the Airbnb was like, we had to take a train ride if I'm not... Do we have to take a train ride? Okay, we had to take the tram and a bus ride to the airbnb yes so when we get the airbnb please note i am so hungover at this point maybe even possibly still drunk and i'm just like where is the bed <laughs> so i black out for a good number of hours and when i wake up i check my private lines so i have two phones my private line, which is like family and stuff like that. And I see like I have crazy, that line never gets action. The WhatsApp, they never even pass like 10. <laughs> so I check it and I'm seeing like 45 WhatsApps. So the first thing I'm like, oh fuck, what has happened? Because that has to be from family. So when I check, it's like all our WhatsApp groups and people are just like, oh my God, this is great. And I'm like, what is great? <laughs> and then I see this link. My aunt has sent me a link and it's to a YouTube video. And it's like brave young girl calls out Macron for France exploiting Africa. And I see my photo in like the thumbnail. I'm just like, what's happening? And so I check it and it's like blowing up. I check my Twitter and it's also blowing up, but like I'm getting tweets from not only English speakers. So a lot of tweets in French. So I don't know if they're insulting me or congratulating me. And there's like some that are in Arabic, some in like languages that I don't know. And I'm just like, what is going on? My Instagram is also kind of like 
crazy at this point and then Roy is like hey I think they're talking about you in the news and he plays something I'm like what is going on and I was just like whoa 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 guys like I didn't do anything extraordinary I just spoke the truth and it's a truth that's not only mine like any decent human knows this is the truth right it was a wild couple of days i think it's only now kind of like coming down i also didn't know how to act to all the like the dope energy people were throwing my way i am a bit awkward about that i'm like thanks thanks can we move on can we please move on can 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 we move move on now now no <laughs> but I think when I sat in it a bit longer, I think it just affirmed a lot about my journey. It affirmed that, you know, I'm made up of very many women. I think I've said this before on the podcast, and sometimes it's it's hard to let any of the women steer the boat because we are conditioned to believe that we can only be one woman. So if I'm a podcaster, I have no space talking about colonization and politics and governance and things like that. But there's a woman in me who's really interested in that stuff. And then there's a part of me that's like, no, your work is in ending sexual violence. So why are you talking about this other issue? You know what I mean? And throughout the workshop, there was that feeling of imposter syndrome as like, why was I chosen? Why am I here? And after the speech, I was like, this is why I was here. You know, I can speak my truth. And my truth happens to be the truth shared by many other Africans, you know. So it just affirmed that these many women, I made up of so many women, and they all are valid and they, they deserve a moment to steer the boat. And, and that's okay. It really affirmed that I shouldn't lock myself into even just podcasting. Not to say that I'm going to stop podcasting. I still really enjoy this. But it's not going to be the only thing that... I do. And yeah, and that was that was really magical for me. I mean, I do feel a lot more pressure to be more vocal on issues, but I'm also trying to balance the pressure so that I don't feel like I have to speak at every given moment, even when I I don't feel it. So it's like a there's a balance that I have to find there. But yeah, now I'm just rumbling on about it and overthinking about it. Let me just end it with saying it was it was a validating moment. So I put a link in the description to my full speech. It's on my Instagram TV. That's it. Uh, yeah, IGTV. And yeah, I'm very proud of myself. Yeah. And if you have not checked it out, I think you should. Anyway, now that I I'm feeling a bit awkward. <laughs> talking about the speech let's move on to the song of the week which i really love and again i have no idea what the song is about okay i think i have a clue about what it's about but it's so beautiful it's so healing the drums are, are so wonderful i love playing it when i'm burning my frankincense and sandalwood in my house and it's it's just so and i think i'm actually gonna do that tomorrow morning it's just a calming song and it's it's called gambia so i think it's a song about celebrating gambia <laughs> <laughs> and the song is by Sona Jabarte. I hope I have pronounced her name right. But you know what? I put a link to the song in the description or in the show notes rather. I think you should definitely check it out. The drums are beautiful. And it's one of the songs you listen to and you can kind of like bob your head as you close your eyes. You know what I mean? Like you can get lost in, in the song. Yeah, so just check it out. Maybe I'm being a bit too emo about it. But yeah, just check out the song and let me know what you think as we jump into 100 African stories. This is a story that we recorded during the Legally Clueless August tour. We recorded this particular story in Nakuru. And it's a story by Gift. Really love his name. And it's a story about him getting into a relationship with a single mom and how that turned out eh, not so well. 
Well, both of them, really. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless coming to you from the road. We partnered with Africa No Filter to take this podcast on tour to Nakuru, Kisumu, Mombasa, and Nairobi, bringing you powerful and inspiring African stories. My name is Gift Masaka. I'm from Kenya, and I was born in Taita Taveta County. Uh, I met this lady uh, in 2019. Uh, February, I had uh, moved into a new hostel. Uh, let me say a plot. Yeah, I had moved in and uh, we started our friendship. But then our friendship started with uh, me being generous and kind when I realized the lady was uh, was pregnant and the guy who had, uh, who had impregnated her had left. So she was heartbroken. Uh, she was uh, de- at a devastated state. Uh, she, she was to commit suicide. I remember, it's a long story. And th- that's where we met. So we hooked up. Just as friends first. I helped her. I fed her. You know, when we met, she had uh, come to my place to ask for my ID, my national ID, so that she can, she can, she can go to an Okolea shop to use my ID for getting a uh, uh, lend money. So she had uh, exhausted all her options. Her own ID had a debt. Her friend's IDs uh, had debt. So I had just moved into the plot. So she was taking advantage now. I'm from Coast, so we, you know, we are generous. I gave, I gave her. So we started now. Uh, exchanging words and you know uh, knowing each other yeah uh, she's a good lady she's beautiful she's like a queer lady a uh, very tall lady you know brown lady she's beautiful yeah she, she was she was not kind of a lady that uh, i didn't wish a man to play with her life because she was good-hearted you know mm-hmm. very generous just like i am she was five months pregnant when i knew her mm-hmm. and you know taking care of her and the baby was a baby boy i even uh, opted to arrange for a baby shower then uh, she gave birth on, I remember, 7th of uh, October. That's when she gave birth. And I was there. When the water broke, I was there. She came into my place and knocked, told me, I think it's my time. Because mm-hmm. uh, the doctor had told her on 27th, that month is when she'll deliver. Mm-hmm. But I think it came earlier. So I took her to uh, the student medical facility inside the Egerton University. I, I'm a student leader. Mm-hmm. And I used my powers because uh, the, guy, the guys were hesitant and it was early in the morning and uh, there was no ambulance, but I initiated an ambulance to be called because I was so angry and I was so attached, you know. Mm-hmm. It was my first time seeing someone, you know, uh, the water is broken, she's going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, oh, okay, the baby might die because yeah. if the condition created for that baby is the amniotic fluid and it's now off, definitely it was going to be fatal. So mm-hmm. I was tense. It didn't hint me that. I was so getting attached to this lady. Mm-hmm. Neither did she. Uh, let me tell you this. First, when I, I tell you she gave birth on 7th, mm-hmm. uh, the whole story of labor pains and what, whatsoever started on 6th. And yeah, I took her to Nakuru Level 5 Hospital using the, the school facilities as ambulance. And we went, uh, you know, all that. I followed all that protocol, all that uh, procedure. I can say it was traumatizing because hearing uh, women cry for a whole day and a half traumatized me. So I was so attached and I imagined this lady pulling through after the bath without any man in his life. Mm-hmm. So I stepped in and that's where I declared that I'll have to take care of this baby. So after she healed, you know, there's this process. After mm-hmm. she healed from the wounds, I told her, I really need you. And she was ready because, in fact, she told me, you've read my mind. So we, we, get, we got into a relationship. What are some fond memories you have of the beginning of the relationship? Okay, I can say uh, the baby shower is a memory, though we were still friends. But then you know, I really treasured it. Mm-hmm. So it was one of the 
best moments I've ever had with a lady. Uh, maybe another thing, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I can say sex. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a memory. It is. Yeah, it's a, it's a memory. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a memory. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. It is. I'm not ashamed to say I, I, had, I had loved her, so yeah. the sex was... It's a memory. I'm, I'm 20, I'm getting into 24 years right now, so I'm still young, I, I don't have any kids. But then, like I can say, uh, the, the guy, the guy who was born of her, I took him like uh, my own kid. Uh, what I was scared of, uh, what will they eat, and uh, you know, uh, the baby getting pampers, mm -hmm. and the cereal lack mm -hmm. when, when he started the waning. Winning that winning process, prior stage, winning stage. So that that was my greatest fear. But anyway, uh, in 2020 now, Corona came in and I had to go back home. I was living with my sister in Mombasa and uh, then I was hustling in Jokali industry because I do engineering. So I was in a garage, a garage, car garage. Per day I could be paid maybe 300 shillings, maybe some some somewhat 250 when the day is too low for work. Sometimes even 50 bob when there's nothing at all. So you're given just fair to go home. Mm -hmm. And I remember she was stuck in school. The same plot that we had met, she could not go home because of, you know, marital problems at home. Mm -hmm. The father and the mother were in wrangles just because of her pregnancy. So I told her, I'll take care of you. So mm -hmm. I used to take care of her. I used to send her money every day. If I get 300, I'll send 200 mm -hmm. and remain with 100 for fair. Then I also took advantage of paying rent every month because uh, my dad, put me under a program uh, for his pension. So some part of his pension comes into my account. So mm -hmm. I used to send her 2,500 to pay rent. All right, uh, the, only the only member of the family that I involved uh, him or her with my story uh, was only my sister and my mom. There was a point maybe if a day goes bad and I have nothing to send her, I could tell my sister to chip in or my, mm -hmm. my, my, my mom. Anyway, they put me close because they thought I was afraid to disclose my baby mama yeah so my sister and my dad my sister and my mom were put me close shielded me so that maybe one day i could utter and say actually they are my kids he's he's my kid and he's my she's my uh, baby mom you cannot just take uh, responsibility of not of your blood you know mm -hmm. so they had that notion all right uh things started going left hey i made a blunder. i can say uh we started dating and I'd previously broken up with my girlfriend who, who we were doing a long distance relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm in Nakuru and uh, she was in Mombasa mm -hmm. at that time while we were meeting with the baby mama. And then uh, going home during Corona time, we kind of hooked up because, mm -hmm. you know, it's someone whom you've, you've had the good memories with the mm -hmm. ex now. It got too close to an extent. Now she was taking my phone, going through my records, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, realizing that I've been sending money to a stranger every day mm -hmm. or monthly I've been sending 2005. You know, ladies sometimes can be, uh, you know, they, they can be investigators. Yeah? <laughs> so that's what happened. She went through my phone and found out uh, there's a lady whom Gift is now giving attention so much and it's like it's everything for him. I didn't know. She took her contact, Alim Tukana. Alim Tukana Vibasa. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> it was in it was in May. Alimtukana vibaya sana. Alimtukana, you know, the lady Niliamka Subui. I remember it was on seventeenth of May and I woke up my WhatsApp in honor the baby mama. I mean to me, I mean for dear conversations, screenshots, I mean for dear voice notes, some twenty one voice notes and some couple of screenshots that she was being abused. Now, 
that's where the diversion comes in. I was confused. This side is a lady. I have no idea where we've met, but just because of the kid, we and she's beautiful. We, we, we've come into a relationship mm. recently. Atatu Jamaliza anniversary, and then this is an ex-girlfriend mm. whom we've stayed since from three. So I think I understand. She was beat about the same. Whatever I did was to wait upon for the country to to be open because we were under lockdown. You remember in 2020, we were mm. under lockdown. So. I couldn't move, I couldn't move and maybe personally get to the lady mm. in Nakuru and apologize. I couldn't. So I used to call her occasionally, you know, try to reach to reach out to her friends whom were left also around, but uh, to no vain, to vain. I, I, I still remember I used to send again. In fact, I doubled now. Yeah, because the place I was, ho- I, was, I, was, I, was uh, I was working, now they had seen the loyalty and the trust, you know. My salary increased. So I used to say, now if, if it's 200, 400. If it's 300, 600. Mm-hmm. So she used, she used to receive and just say thanks. But then she has blocked me. I can't get to her. But then if I see her say thanks, then I just know she has received and she's grateful for that. Mm-hmm. So I waited until July. July 27th. I think uh, be, be one week before that, uh, the president had opened the country. So I bolted from Mombasa to Nakuru, even without telling the other girlfriend. You know, but the other girlfriend, after that saga, we broke up anyway, because mm-hmm. I told her, you can't just uh, abuse your fellow human. And she's a lady, she has a kid, you can't do that. Uh, how I came, I didn't have the fare, because the fare at that time when the president uh, of Kenya opened the country, the fare was triple. You know, from here to Nakuru to Mombasa, it's always 2000 Mm-hmm. But then that time it was 5,000 mm-hmm. when they opened, the country had just been opened. Mm-hmm. You could go to Kisumu with 10,000 or 8,000, you remember? So I had to tell my mom now, give me this amount of money so that mm-hmm. I can go back to school. But I cheated her. I told her I'm going for a business, uh, you know, meetings with, because I'm a student leader and I need money. Go and attend that function. However, we'll have allowance which will be paid later. But then I, I, there's no upfront for that, so you'll have to provide. Yeah. Even if it's giving it back to you, I'll, I'll do. So I came. I came July 27th. Travel. No, it's a, it was that we traveled during the, the day, yeah, so it was treacherous. I was hoping, when can I see this lady? Because yeah. I've missed this lady. So I came. And on 28th, uh, in the morning at 10, I arrived in Joro, Egerton, and went to the plot, but found she had left. She was not uh, living there anymore. So I consulted a few friends who were around mm-hmm. and told them, this lady, where, where, where can I find her? Some gentleman told me, I know where she mm-hmm. left. And you know, I had done shopping, mm-hmm. uh, I had carried some clothes for her and the kid. I had to tell the guy, please escort me. Mm-hmm. So he took me. Now the drama started there. When I arrived, I was not welcome. She had moved on. When I arrived, uh, the kid was emaciated at first. kid had gone through a lot. Uh, the lady had changed. She had shaved her head. She had, just, she had really changed. She was, she was more dark. Yeah, life will come in bigger. Personally, I can say that. They really looked bad and it was emotional to see them that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I tried to greet her. She didn't. She didn't respond. The kid was, uh, had forgotten me because mm-hmm. I tried to reach out the kid. She was crying. It was chaos. I tried to talk to her because, uh, you know, love was driving me, you understand? You, you, you see the person you love and uh, I know you had differences and you're there. Then they don't want to welcome you, but you're trying to force your, yourself into them because mm-hmm. you love them. That's what happened. It was, it was really bad. At first, I, it was a rejection, but I didn't see it as, as it. I came to understand later now. I was really rejected despite doing all that. She was saying, uh, 
you are out of my life this 2020 i have made the resolution no you're not the one and uh just leave us with my kid in fact the kid is not yours you know i was trying to negotiate and tell her remember we've come from far we've done a baby shower i've taken you to maternity i was traumatized for that and then i declared there yeah, you really have to be in my life i need to take care of the kids but then she told me in fact the kid is not yours so you know the kid is not yours however much you had sex but then you know the kid is not yours so just leave us we are good the way we are the way you left us you're just good so she was denying the fact that all that had happened because of the ex girlfriend i had who abused her i tried to you know console her and tell her you know it's okay it was not my fault uh, i understand i did a wrong thing going and looking up with my ex knowing I, i was with you but then her abusing you is not my doing it's not my liking and i'm here to apologize for that the country has just been opened up and i'm here begging you to forgive me then she was adamant at first i asked her is there someone in your life maybe that's why you don't want me back she told me no in fact i hate men right now uh, she even said i i hate the fact that i have given birth to a son so she said i wish i had a daughter you know ladies we rock the world we are for ourselves mm-hmm. you men are just she told me I'm, i'm i'm not different from the guy who had impregnated her yeah so i tried it bent on my knees i even cried you know i'm a man but cry but then she never listened since morning because i arrived at 11 mm. since morning until 7 and you remember that time uh, still the country was open but curfew was at 8 up to 7 i was trying i don't know where, where to go i didn't know i reported uh, the plot where i live but then i know i did not me i had not met the caretaker so there was no way the house could be open for me to get in mm. when we leave you know the caretaker also puts uh, his own padlock so it was bad for me i didn't know where to sleep all the time i'm in the door i've not been allowed to get into the house i have the shopping i try to give her this then take the shopping then even if you don't want no i don't want anything to do with you just leave with your shopping we are good nitakopa kwa duka kwa mama nani and we are good to go i really don't want your treasures i really don't that's what happened ah uh, okay i i have friends but then the type of friends i have are uh, okay the low class people that maybe human beings are uh, despise the watchmen so the egerton university main gate watchmen are my friends and i told them i'm coming there i had a contact for one guy i'm coming to spend a night there oh mkosi tu around yeah i'm around umefika sahi no alifika mchana but then sina mali kwa kulala i have to come and uh, spend my night there because i don't know kuna curfew nitashikwa i have no money i have no money left in my pocket so i went to those guys and slept those guys the whole night chatting and oh this time i'm thinking that uh, i'll give it another shot and I was, i was also calling my sister at instances given instances you know well the sh- uh, you know the fight was going on I'll, I'll take a break and call my sister and tell him mm-hmm. and tell her this way we've reached to mefikia hapa mm-hmm. she tells me i am a lady you understand go back with this line I go back nothing yeah. i had even just had to call my mom now mm-hmm. and tell her the truth i've told you i'm coming for a business meeting but then no this is the case mm-hmm. she told me understand son maybe try to do this i go back nothing happens okay uh, in the morning now uh, while i was going to get now breakfast with the few some few cents left uh, in my mm-hmm. pocket to get lunch for this watchman too you know mm-hmm. i met a friend now we play basketball with oh you're around yeah why did you tell us yeah, it's a long story but what's up i'm good uh, i was asking maybe if you can you know buy me bread because they they were left also here during the lockdown and they had no work 
mm-hmm. they could not get home because the country was locked. Mm-hmm. So they were hustling. I, I bought him bread and went back to the Oshman. Then later that guy called me. Umebeba via to the basketball twingia to scratch court. I told him, no. Where are you? I can be a, I've, uh, I'm, I'm in the Oshman's place. What are you doing there? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a long story. Can't you come into my place? Maybe we have a chat and we go to basketball and look for for some shoes for you maybe which can fit you we go to we go for basketball i told him it's all right so i carried my bags all of them <laughs> the, the shopping, shopping. Yeah. so when i knocked at his place he was shocked huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought uh, i thought uh ulkona, you know una bangaiza tu kwa kwani what's up i'm home in the shopping no it's a long story, I'll explain. Just allow me to place my bags. So I placed my bags. And we still can't talk because uh, I, I had not believed, like, okay? Did that really happen yesterday? Okay, maybe. I'm a man, I'll come over, I'll, I'll overcome it. I'll have another chance. So it's not, it's not, uh, it's early to tell my story to my friends. So mm-hmm. let me wait and give it another shot. So I stayed for two days at my, play, uh, at my friend's place and then got some money to you know at least sustain me and uh, within those two days i tried to go back to the lady but then she didn't even open the door for me mm-hmm. i could knock ninani ni mimi give to open up and go away for the two days trying mm-hmm. even three times a day for the two days so i opted to just go home my sister told me just come home mm-hmm. yeah give her time mm-hmm. maybe when you get back to school officially maybe you'll find her maybe you know so i got some 1500 to take me to Nairobi first, to my friend's place. Then when I reached there is when I now brainstorm on how to get to Mombasa. So when I reached in Gilgil, it was it was now on August. I think August had already mm. set. It was early August now. I'm going home. But then I'm telling myself, I'm a man. You know? So when reaching, upon reaching Gilgil, I alighted. Told the guy, cut a fair, I'm, I'm going back. So I, I went back. I went back and tried another. Now it was six in the morning because I had, I had opted to go to Nairobi at four mm-hmm. so that I can reach maybe at uh, eight or seven mm-hmm. in Nairobi to get me uh, a car to Mombasa, yeah. to reach Mombasa in time because curfew was at eight. That's what happened. So I came back again. At six, I was at her doorstep, knocking again. She opened up. When she opened up, I, I was shocked now to find another man inside. I definitely, that's, that was a partner or someone she was sleeping with mm-hmm. to get over stress, maybe, definitely. So what and happened? I think she opened up uh, the door just to show me that, uh, you know, I really don't need you. Because the other times I was knocking, she was not opening up. But this time she has decided to open up. So there's a man, so that I can see. Now, it, it's when it dawned to me, uh, actually, it's over. At that moment, I was, I was crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and the man was shouting, mm-hmm. So I had to leave mm-hmm. now and go and knock on my friend's door. And I, you're going home. What's up? Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're back again. <laughs> so they told me, stop this bullshit and just tell us what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I had to sit down now, tell them my story. Yeah, their reaction was first, I was stupid. Yeah, to, you know, you know, we are men. Uh, you can't take care of uh, someone's heart, can you? You can't. You're a man. You can't do that. You take care of your own. Mm-hmm. But if you feel, uh, if you find a heart that you can take care of well and it doesn't disperse, and even one ship is not lost, then you're lucky. 
that hard is not yours. Love was in the air. So mm. I didn't believe that. There is no way I can just uh, run away from it. I have to accept it. And the only way was to accept uh, it had happened was to accept that I it was my mistake. You know, to allow two women in my life and they ruined my life. I now started embarking on a journey of, you know, coming out of depression. There was times I could dream because uh, when I came back to my friend's place, now I had no money. So I had to tell them, really, we have now to just hustle our ways out. I'm not even going home, right? Mm-hmm. So I look for anything to do. So at that time, I used to, you know, um, because I'm an engineering student, I used to look for projects maybe which I can do, or search online, see what I can really do constructively. And in the process, of course, memories of that lady could come. I was so depressed. Anyway, you can not just say because you're a man, you don't have feelings. Mm-hmm. Men are also depressed. Mm-hmm. And I think I can say that they're really depressed part because we don't talk about mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's like a man when he's bereaved, mm-hmm. they tend to, you know, hold it. But for ladies, they, the tears really roll down mm-hmm. and they are, within no, no time, they are over with that. So that's what happened. But that day you look uh, like I'm sitting and, uh, you know, outside and see a couple walking mm-hmm. and, you know, memories come or see a kid, mm-hmm. you know, a kid walking. <laughs> Yeah, Maurice will come. Ah, kid. Oh, I wish. I really didn't did, didn't disclose everything, you know, until I was at a point where I want to take away my life. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't remember much. I want to take. I wanted to take poison. And just get away with it. I really need to get away of this life because mm-hmm. uh, I've offered everything I could. Mm-hmm. I know at my age. Finding someone who is so responsible, you know, the current youth, uh, people are not so generous. Mm-hmm. You can say that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that I'm in mean, upcountry, I've seen the way the, bring, uh, the bringing of men and women is so different from mm-hmm. cost. And uh, I saw, like, why am I even in upcountry? What for? People are not, people are evil. This lady, I've really went, gone through a lot with her but she's not regarding me anymore so what for yeah i started hating women in fact mm-hmm. so it was a first sequence where you see a kid you admire but then it comes a time you see kids you see bullshit mm-hmm. you see a lady and a man you admire it I come it comes a time you say to hell man so it reached that point i have no one now so going forward was hard for me it was really hard but then i don't remember how i, I maneuvered but my friends uh, kept me close. We had to get some small size uh, basketball shoes and get into the court because I love playing basketball. Mm-hmm. I started hitting the gym. You know, with time, I used to exhaust myself. You know, uh, we have a swimming pool. I used to go to swimming. So I didn't know it was a, a therapy, but mm-hmm. it worked. But then uh, when it worked, I was adamant that no lady close to my life, no. It's now for the boys. Uh, I remember uh, my friend, uh, let, let me just mention my friend because now he's a friend, uh, yeah. Ian, he's called Ian, Ian Musioka, he does medicine. Ian is a type of man who uh, interacts with a lot of ladies mm-hmm. than men. So at that time we used to bring friends and because there are no studies at that time, mm-hmm. we had not embarked on studies. The country was open but then, uh, you know, they were putting regulations first for churches to open, for mm-hmm. games to open before we have our kids back to school. So. I used, she, he used to bring a lot of women in his place because I was residing in his apartment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they drink all night. But then I was glued to my own staff. 
you know so there's a woman who asked me um, guys how are you? you you don't look okay where what are we interacting i'm to are you even human you know because they will come i'll cook silently give them food it's very generous but then i don't want to talk to anyone i don't take uh, drugs i don't take alcohol so i'll get to do the laptop maybe check some movies on uh, to see some projects see some you know where well renowned people yeah like in Elon Musk Elon Musk yeah, you know follow their projects their lives yeah that's what i used to do we came back to studies in january we we had been split in Igat University. There was a group who, which was in school, you know, on campus uh, by November. Mm-hmm. They came to do the examination, and then we reported in January. Now, when I came in January, uh, actually, I used to have the ladies' contacts. She unblocked me. Mm-hmm. I used to see her status. She used to see mine. She had moved on, and at times she could text me hi. But I couldn't reply because mm-hmm. I was so angry and I told myself, if I make a mistake of maybe talking to her, I know myself, mm-hmm. I'll get back to, you know, on track again. But then I, I avoided that. So time to time I started becoming busy and I, was, I started involving myself with Koili. Uh, yeah, because uh, Professor Kai is, uh, is a good gentleman mm-hmm. and I came to, to him you know, with some ideas and he told me, you yeah, stick around, mm-hmm. see what's happening and start doing your thing. Uh, by day by day also, Koili Media uh, uh, t- took a chance with us, with some few gentlemen and ladies, and we started, you know, doing uh, news presenting and stuff, you know, communication, media. So it kept me busy, in fact. And when we resumed on our studies, it was over now. Uh, it was over, I could go to church. I, I stopped going to church. could go back to church now, look at people, interact. Okay, I, I broke down my guards now mm-hmm. and started interacting with people. But this time, so careful. I remember one time, uh, this year, in May, she called me, the, the lady. She had no money. I gave her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now then, this time, no strings attached. Uh, okay, of, of course, uh, it has really influenced how I think and uh, you know how I live right now, how I interact with people. Right now, I'm dating, yes. I have a lady, a kissy lady. But then before... I saw her, but before I got into her, of course, in the middle of Mkatia, mm-hmm. I really looked at her qualities. And uh, she qualified for a simple lady without drama and, you know, uh, a beginner in life, in relationships, so that, you know, we can build each other. Mm-hmm. I don't want someone who knows a lot of things. I want someone who knows less. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I cannot brag that I know a lot, mm-hmm. but someone whom we can educate ourselves, you know, and shape ourselves into some couple that we can both admire when you look at our pictures. Yes, I'm dating. Mm. But then right now, when I speak, uh, I cannot uh, take care of a lady. Honestly, I can't. I can't. However much I'm sympathetic, that's the best level I can, you know, I can reach. I cannot now be empathetic and get into her shoes. No, it can't. Now I just have to have my own kids now. But it has taught me anyway, you know, how to father. I have known maternity now. I know what goes on, how when you come in, when you go in, how you come out. I know that. It has given me experience. A hundred African stories. The Legally Clueless 2021 tour powered by African No Filter. We're traveling through Kisumu, Nakuru, Mombasa, and Nairobi, bringing you real, raw, and inspiring African stories.
I hope you enjoyed that story by gift. It's one of those that left me thinking about one thing a lot, which is where masculinity and emotions meet. Just like from listening to him trying to break down what he was feeling, hearing what his friends thought about it. It's it's really what I was left thinking about when I when I listened to his story. But of course, that was one of the stories that we recorded in Nakuru. The Nakuru tour episode is out on our YouTube channel. If you check out the show notes, there's a link to our YouTube channel. If you're listening on a platform that has no show notes, I'm so sorry. Just head over to YouTube and search Legally Clueless. You will find us. We're bright yellow. You can't miss us. Also, I want to send a big shout out to everybody who sends such sweet and honest messages on the Legally Clueless hotline. I stumble on these messages and it's so funny. The universe works in such funny ways because I stumble on the messages when I need to hear them the most. Hi Adele, my name is Mukavita. I stumbled across your podcast I think on Instagram and I really love it. It has really played a major role in helping maintain my mental health and helping me to be more aware of my mental health. Episode 110 really struck me, I think, more than any other episode because I could relate to what Michael was saying, where he'd bottle up feelings. I've struggled with the same thing and I've been going for therapy. I'd stopped for a while. I'm resuming therapy and it gives me hope that there's hope for me and that there's nothing wrong with therapy. At first, I used to think therapy is for the week, but I came to realize actually it really requires you to be strong to actually share those things that you've been keeping for all this while and have not been able to talk about so i'm so grateful that you started this podcast i wish you all the best and may the stories keep inspiring people first just that name mukavita is such a beautiful name i've never heard it before but um away from your name i i just have to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast sending that message i'm so glad that there's something that you connect with here i'm glad that it's helped you navigate certain periods in your life that's pretty magical as well and yeah thanks for being part of the community and of course if you feel like there's something that you want to share maybe there's something you connected with on one of the very many episodes of this podcast you can just record a voice note and send that to our hotline number which is plus two five four seven six eight six two eight seven nine zero that number is also in the show notes okay thank you so much for listening to this episode to the very end remember you can also catch this podcast on trace radio in kenya every monday and wednesday at 11 p.m and 12 noon and on fridays at 12 noon just head over to traceradio.co.ke i am going to end the episode here so i can go and catch <laughs> A snooze, as I told you, I've had just just a long day. <laughs> it's just one of those, I don't know, man. It's just one of those days with so many emotions. And then Fal and I had a fight. and uh, Just one of those days. So I think sleep can help. <laughs> it's how I deal with my issues. Instead of confronting them, I, I disappear into sleep. But yeah, I hope you have a fantastic week ahead. And I hope by the end of this week, our special surprise, that's a special Legally Clueless surprise, will be out. If not, I'll say this again in the next episode. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.